Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. This is Kiki, and the Brooklyn Flea comes to Pittsburgh. This episode is called, Batman Was My Next Door Neighbor. And it's a true story. It really is. So here's the deal. The only true Batman, and we're talking in TV and film, was Mikey Douglas, also known as Michael Keaton to the rest of you. And he and his family really did live over the yard because there was no street to cross to get to there from where I grew up. It is absolutely true in Forest Grove, Pennsylvania. That's how he labels it. You can YouTube an old David Letterman episode where Michael Keaton was just starting out in film. It's probably like 1983. And he says, when Letterman asks him, where are you from? Forest Grove, Pennsylvania, halfway between the rocks and Coriopolis. And Letterman just kind of hesitated. Coriopolis, huh? But it's true. And if you look at my original driver's license, without the correction here for living in this big Kaufman's building, my address for many years is Forest Grove Road. So there you go. He really was my neighbor. He and his three brothers had boxing matches outside, which... My sisters, brothers, and myself then did ourselves years later. Mike and his brothers also played baseball back in my grandpa's flat-turned field on the five-acre lot that, that they lived on. Actually, my dad taught at the high school that Batman and your podcaster here eventually went to. My dad gave him a D in chemistry. Oh, old man Douglas ran yelling at my granddad about it. Which, of course, triggered my granddad to yap at my dad, quote, you can't cut a break, they're great neighbors, unquote. Which is true, they were great neighbors. To which my stickler of an educator father replied, quote, I did give him a break. Should have been an F. He sat in the front and slept through my class for months, unquote. So, onward. Batman goes to Gotham, right? If this were a video podcast, I assure you, I could show a publication or two from New York City referring to the most incredible of cities as Gotham at times. I really feel that Brooklyn, out of all the five boroughs, really has that look, that appropriate atmosphere on dark nights. And holy Batmobile, this podcast, this podcast just linked Pittsburgh to New York City. What do you think of that? (laughs) Now, Michael was older than me, so it took the bat signal quite a while to summon me to Gotham. But when it did, I took my role, which included answering the proverbial bat phone on some really serious incidents in my employment times in New York City. I'll give a couple examples. Everyone pretty much remembers the plane that landed on the Hudson River. I happened to be in charge of the operating room that day. We were at Trauma One, Level One Trauma Center there. It's called St. Vincent's, may it rest in peace. Um, One of my favorite jobs in New York City. But greed took over. This is a true story also. They basically gutted, leveled the place to turn it into really expensive apartments and full floor homes, which are like a city block instead of a large hospital that, side note, believe it or not, way back 
1912, if I'm not mistaken. They treated the survivors of the Titanic when it made it to New York. But that's another story for another time. Back to the plane on the Hudson River. I happened to be at the charge desk that day when that phone rang, which we called the bad phone. For real, by the way. It was an emergency phone if you lost power in the building. That would still work. That was from an incident command um, of the FDNY, NYPD, that said there was a plane down on the Hudson River. So, of course, all cases halt that haven't started, stand by. Thankfully, as we all know, a call came not too much later that said we won't be needing any surgical services for this. Everyone's pretty much okay. So that's good. My theory is Batman and maybe some of his Marvel Comics friends kind of kept that plane landed afloat till everybody was safe. But that's just a theory on that part. Here's another one. At one point, I worked in Connecticut, Bridgeport, Connecticut. And what might have been great back in the day before my generation was a complete ghetto riddled with drugs and guns and all that kind of stuff. Now, in New York City, there were commuter rails that went out of the city because the majority of people in surrounding Jersey, Connecticut, even Pennsylvania in certain areas worked in New York City. So they had commuter rails. The one that went to Connecticut was called Metro North. There are three different lines, but this particular one went all the way to New Haven, Connecticut, where Yale is, just to give you an idea of what I'm talking about. I was reverse commuting, living in New York City, working up there, 312s. They let me work them back to back. Eventually, I started staying in a hotel for two nights, blah, blah, blah. I had just gotten off a train because it must be my first of the 312s. Got to work, just got settled in the ER there. Again, we were trauma one, level one trauma center there also. When the call comes, the two of the Metro North trains, thankfully it was not a high speed, but there was a head-on crash right by Bridgeport. So of course, I'm in charge of triage now, which included those tags that you may see on movies or TVs when there's some mass casualty incident. Luckily, it wasn't too bad. I like to preface with that. But I will say this, the NTSB with the windbreaker jackets and the big initials on the back and all came through my ear on that one. They were seeking to speak to patients that were on one of the trains at the time of the crash. I had to tell them the two were still in surgery, then directed them to the others. Pretty intense, right? Oh, and by the way, right now, I want to send a big shout out to a really close friend of mine, Jimmy Hoy. Been friends for decades. Used to coach with my dad. His brother's company was actually the company that the plane on the Hudson thing, everyone kind of knows it eventually sank once the people were safe. It was his brother's company that, that pulled that plane back up so the NTSB could do all their investigations and stuff like that. And for a period of time, Jimmy was working for his brother up in New York City and doing a lot of diving into the Hudson River. 
hats off, everything off. That river, he saved a guy's life one time. I don't know if the guy fell or jumped, but Jimmy dived in after him, got him back. I'm thinking he's probably one of the other Marvel characters, possibly. I guess it would have to be Aquaman, because we're talking about the river. But shout out to Jimmy. Jimmy Owen. Now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. When I was in New York, there was a period of time there that it seemed that bat signal would never give me a break. I'd have a night off from the infamous Bellevue Hospital that everyone's familiar with if you ever watched NYPD Blue or Law and Order. They'll refer to Bellevue with a perp. Usually the purple said rather go to jail than to Bellevue, but that's for another time too. The majority of my 7 p.m. to 7 a colleagues were new grads that had just gotten through the long nursing orientation. And I remember getting a call the one night. It was probably around midnight. And my friend Claudia was like, Christine, please, if you could just come for a few hours, we are drowning. It just won't stop. There's nothing we can do. We're, we're in over our heads. I got out of bed and I said, all right, give me a couple minutes. I don't know why. Instead of regular yellow cab, I summoned a car service, which don't you know, but of course, it was one of the huge, big black Lincoln Continentals that whisked me way over the speed limit down the FDR to Bellevue. Sound like a Batmobile? Kind of does to me. I don't know. Got the signal hooked up. Black car. But anyway, yeah. It definitely used to summon me a lot there. Here in Pittsburgh, I don't think so. Maybe if Michael would visit, you may find that happening. Right now it doesn't. I just hesitated there for a moment because something came to me. Is the bat signal really that different from the 911 calls? Regardless of where you are, be it Pittsburgh, New York City, Santa Monica, Malibu, Maine, I don't know. They are kind of similar, right? I think so. Who agrees with me? Someone's got to. I know my niece, who is a um, recent addition to the public defender's office here in Pittsburgh, I believe I've referred to her in a prior podcast. She relayed a story to me very recently of a client of hers. Now you gotta remember, uh, when she's in the the county courts, most of the time it's dealing um, with uh, misdemeanors or minor felonies, not really extremely violent felonies or anything like that. So I wanted to preface that a little bit here that I'm not in jest or whatever using examples of of violent crimes because that's absolutely not true. At any rate, here's one for you that makes me question how different is 911 from the bat signal. And perhaps even the bat signal may need to intercept some of these 911 calls. And here's where I'm going with this. She had this woman 
and I can't even remember. I think her crime was uh, disorderly conduct. She got tired of, I guess, waiting for it to be her turn for the arraignment. So she's in with all of her belongings in a wagon or two. According to my niece, Izzy, she was wearing some sort of hat with unicorn horns on the top and was making a little bit of a ruckus. Then eventually, she called 911 to report the police to the police from the courtroom. I mean, seriously here. That needs a bat signal to intercept that you just wasted a 911 operator's time with that call. That's my opinion. By the way, a little bit of a public service announcement here. Any listeners that have played my prior episodes, I referred to a dude that was pulling the petty thefts in hopes of getting deported to the USSR. Well, he's not been heard from hide nor hair by anyone for over a month or so now. So if you run across a 40-something guy with a lot of confusing passports, drop me a message. Really appreciate it. 911 again. In New York, again, the infamous Bellevue, it's about once a week when I worked there that one of the patients upstairs would call 911 for EMS from the hospital landline in their room to say that the staff didn't answer their call bell. My guess, it was one of those, and anyone in the medical profession will understand this, it was one of those that was on that dang button every 10 minutes, all day. There were people like that. And it's the old cliche, the boy, the cried wolf, the girl, the cried wolf, the mean old drunk man that called Wolf. Eventually, on the every 10 minutes, you don't prioritize it as much. So there you go. <laughs> you sort of want to be the one that takes that call from the 911 call center. Whether it be the woman reporting the police to the police or the patients upstairs waiting for their dinner tray and the nine minutes are up, it's time to hit the call bell again for probably nonsense and no one's answering, so I better call 911 and get EMS here to, I guess, bring me my dinner tray. Well, y'all, as I wrap this episode up, I wanted to say I really enjoyed recording this one. Also want to add Anyone that's listening and is a repeat listener, huge, huge thanks for me. This is never going to be monetized, not my podcast. It's just something I wanted to do. I wanted people to hear my stories. And I was encouraged by some people that I trust, kind of with my voice and my stories. So big thanks. If this is your first listen or you've listened to prior, I deeply appreciate it. What I'm going to work on now, honestly, some more tutorials and learn how to bring the guest in because I'm going to have some 
really cool and interesting guests for you guys. If you hang in there with me a little bit down the line. And that's a promise. Bat signal, Batmobile, Batphone, and all. It's Kiki signing off from the Brooklyn Flea came to Pittsburgh. Have a good one, y'all.